you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Why don't you magnify the Lord together? Come on, somebody praise the Lord together. Hallelujah. Come on, you can lift up your voice and put your hands together. And you need to praise the Lord like you believe that God is able. Come on, we dance because the weight has been lifted. We praise because the chains are broken. We magnify the Lord because he made a way where there was no way. I wonder if somebody can testify that God made a way. He brought you out. He set your feet back on the rock. And it was nobody but the Lord. It wasn't the doctor. It wasn't the lawyer. It wasn't your family member. But somewhere in the middle of a midnight hour, the Lord began to show up in the middle. There's something about the way that the Lord works that when we come together to worship, worship was never a question. Worship was a commandment. We both praise because he did it and because he's going to do it. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And our praise can bring us out of our pit. Our worship can bring us out of our trial. Worship is your weapon of warfare. I wonder if you just praise the Lord one more time just because he's worthy of it. Amen. It's good to be home. Glad to be here today. I don't like the cold weather too much, but, you know, besides that, it's good to see everybody. Amen. I feel like the Lord's given me a word for this morning. And uh, how many people you came today and you just want the Lord to speak to your heart? Amen. I don't know about you, but I need to move with the Holy Ghost this morning. Amen. We're going to walk out of here different than the way that we came in. We're going to walk out of here different than the way we came in. Amen. I want to preach to you today for a few moments. The Lord spoke to my heart as I began to ask him what he wanted me to bring the church this morning. And he said, tell them that I have conditioned them to break through. I have conditioned them to break through, to launch into new territory. So I want to talk to you for a little while today, conditioned. Why don't you just touch your neighbor and tell them we are conditioned. One more time, would you... 
just reach over and take the hand of your neighbor. Maybe you want to put your hand on their shoulder. And I want you to ask the Lord to open up our heart, open up our mind, open up our spirit to receive the word of the Lord. Would you just lift up your voice with me? And I want you to pray that God would begin to release the power of the Holy Ghost. Jesus, I thank you for the power of your word. I thank you, Lord, for the power of your spirit that's in the room right now. And God, we've come together to praise your name this morning. We're not too worried about the, the schedule. And, and Lord, we're not too worried about the time frame. But God, what we're concerned about is that you would show up in the midst of your people. God, we're asking you to release the glory of the Lord, to release the power of the Holy Ghost to settle on each and, on each and every individual in the house. And we'll be quick to give you the praise. And somebody said, in Jesus' name, amen. Why don't you shake someone's hand, let them know you're happy to see them in the house of the Lord. Amen. You can be seated. Why don't you just put your hands together one more time just for good measure to let the Lord know that you love him. <laughs> several years ago, I was uh, privileged to go and take several trips overseas. And uh, one of the trips that I went to over and over was to the country of Kenya and um, over in the continent of Africa. And one of the trips I was able to go out and... Um, check off an item on my bucket list. Um, one of the things that I'd wanted to do for a very long time was go over and do a safari. And uh, has anybody ever wanted to go do something like that? It, it really just an incredible experience. And so we, um, as we were over there doing different work for the Church of Kenya, we, we took a couple days and uh, went over to this place called the Maasai Mara National Game Preserve. And uh, I had never heard of it or anything like that, but as we went over, I found out that it was uh, one of the hot spots that every tourist wanted to go see when they were in Kenya. Uh, really incredible. I mean, you could literally walk out of the um, hotel-style uh, room that you uh, were in, and as you went out, you would look all around, and there were guards patrolling with AK-47s. And, uh, you know, that just makes you feel real good, doesn't it? Trying to figure out why they need the gun. And, uh, and so I, I, just, I just stopped and I asked them, I said, hey, I'm just curious, um, what are the AK-47s for? And they said, oh, well, um, because very often we have some of these animals that will get um, over to where our uh, camp is. And I said, okay, so, um, you know, that makes sense, whatever. And, and, and the next morning I would get up. And I looked out into the hillside, and you could see a herd of giant um, elephants as they begin to work throughout the hillside. And even from a distance, because I knew that we were a very long way off, they, they still just look giant. Uh, and so I went over to one of the guys that were there to take us out, and I said, hey, is there any chance that you might be able to take me over there? Because... I really want to see these up close. And he said, yeah, we can do that. So the next day we got up, jumped in one of the trucks, and we take off. And um, as we got over there, I begin to look around, and I'm like, okay, we know that the elephants are here, but I just can't see them anywhere. And I said, do you know where they are? He said, well, just hang on just a second. And as you begin to get close, the indicator that the elephants were right there was not that you could see them, but rather you could smell them from a long ways off. 
<laughs> and so we knew that we were getting there. And as we begin to get up close, you have no idea until you're standing up close and personal that these elephants, they're, they're what we call huge, really isn't huge. Because when you go up, you're going, oh my goodness, I really hope that this thing doesn't get too angry. Uh, the truth of the matter is, is all it would have taken was one simple swing of its head. And even the truck that we were in could have begun to just turn over. And, 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 and as we're looking at these, um, he began to tell me that these elephants can get up to 13 feet tall. Uh, not only can they get 13 feet tall, he said, but they can get up to 20,000 pounds. That's a big animal. And so we begin to look and... and, and and as you begin to recognize the sheer power that these elephants begin to have, uh, there's a few questions that begin to go through my head. And, and, and I asked them, I, I said, so, you know, clearly just by their sheer size, they would have the ability probably to crush anything that they saw. He said, yes, sir, absolutely. I said, well, then the question that I have is, I said, with all of the elephants that we have that are being raised in captivity, I said, how is it that they can train these elephants to do anything that they want to? I said, these elephants, they'll stand up, they'll jump up on things, they'll sit down, they'll, they'll, they'll do anything that they ask, and it doesn't make any sense because they are submitting to a power that is below them. And they begin to say, well, it's a very unique situation because what begins to happen is that from the time that these elephants are infants, they begin to tie a cord on it. And as they tie that cord, they begin to stake the cord uh, down. And the elephant begins to, at a very young age, begins to recognize that it's only able to go as far as the cord will allow it to. I said, well, okay, that makes perfect sense. I said, but the problem is this. What about when the elephant gets big and the cord can't hold it? He said, well, that's the thing about the elephant. He said, is that the elephant, because it spent its whole life with a cord on it, it begins to be conditioned. He said, the elephant begins to get conditioned. He said, the unique thing is this, is that as the elephant begins to grow, that the cord stays the same. And he began to say that while this cord began to stay the same, that even though the elephant had everything that it needed to be able to break free of the cord that has held it bound from the time that it was young, that there's something in the brain of the elephant that says that the thing that held me hostage when I was an infant can still hold me hostage today. That the thing that I dealt with before I became big is, is, is the same thing that I'm dealing with now. Even though the elephant could only just simply shake its head and begin to break free of the cord, it's the same cord that begins to allow it. And that what, 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 what used to hold them back is continuing to hold it back today. And they will not break away. They have more potential than they've ever had, but they have the same bondage. They are greater captives, but they're in the same captivity. They're, they're, they're bigger than they've ever been. And as they get bigger, the problem gets smaller. They get bigger, the problem gets smaller, but the situation stays the same. They have great power, but they have little faith. They've got great potential, but they have little action. They've got great anointing, but they've got little change because we have been conditioned to ordinary. 
We've been conditioned to ordinary. Dad's always been this way, so it's always going to be the way. My brother's always been on drugs, so he's always going to be on drugs. He always says the same thing, so I stop. We are conditioned. God called me, but I've still got this problem. God chose me, but there's still this trial. God wants me, but there's still this sickness. God could, but this brother did this and this sister did that. I can't. I'm not. I don't. I won't, but it's nothing but a cord and I don't understand why I'm stuck in the same place and it's been all of this time that the same problem you dealt with when you were 25 you're dealing with it 35 it's just a cord it's nothing but a little cord that with that with just a little bit of effort that we'd be able to break through because the enemy wants to condition your spirit to stay so stat to stay so so wrapped up in the problem that you lose sight of the promise. You've moved on to greater dimensions, but you're still fighting the same old devils. You're still talking about old hurt after you've testified about new healing. You said that you forgave them, but you're still talking about them am I talking to anybody in the house today devil you can't have my family but he doesn't need your family because you're giving him your conversation devil you can't live in my house he doesn't need to live in your house he's taking up residence in your spirit because of the word that is coming out of your mouth God moved you to a new neighborhood but you're still going around the old one because you can't let go of the thing that God let you go of you can't release the thing that God delivered you of there's some people that even though God continues to move them on to a new place that they've been and that we're still reliving the hurt of your 40s and the regret of your 30s and the sin of your 20s and the abuse of your teen because we are conditioned. We're conditioned to believe we thought it was an issue with the person beside us, but that wasn't the problem. The problem wasn't our spouse and it wasn't our cousin, it wasn't our brother, not our mom, not our dad, not the church, but the battle is in your mind. The battle is in your brain. The problem is not what the enemy's brought against you. For greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. But God, I don't understand. Oh, somebody lift up your hands right now. God, I don't understand. I, it, it, it doesn't make any sense. Why am I still living in the same place? Someone shout conditioned. Come on, somebody shout condition. God released your health. He released your wealth. He released, he released your family. He, he, he released everything that you ever needed. But only you can release your mind. It can't all be in my head, right? No, that's wrong. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, for though we walk in flesh, we do not war in the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down all imagination. Someone shout imaginations. That means that strongholds are not just what is brought against you, but what you built up against yourself. There's something about being able to cast down the imagination that when God has given you a promise, but promises aren't fulfilled, but the enemy keeps coming against you, that's called imagination. 
about four weeks ago, three nights in the three nights in a row, I woke up at like two or three a.m. I woke up, and for me, it's very abnormal to do that because when I go to bed, that's pretty much a wrap for me. But I woke up, and I woke up in anxiety, and I was like, "What is going on?" And I heard a word, and the devil started speaking to me. He said, you've got cancer in your kidney. I was like, what are you talking about? I've never had a problem in my life. All of a sudden, wouldn't you know it, that after about two minutes, that all of a sudden I had excruciating pain in my kidney. And I was like, what's, what's going on? I finally, man, I shook it off. I went to bed the next day. I was fine. Went back to sleep the next night again. Woke up 2 or 3 a.m., and I'm like, what's going on? And the devil's like, you have cancer in your pancreas. And I'm like, that doesn't even, oh, all of a sudden, here comes the pain again. And I'm trying to figure out what's going on because I've never had any problem. But the problem that I've had is with the word that the enemy's trying to speak into my brain. And so I begin to pray. I'm like, Lord, what's going on? What's happening? I pick up the phone and I call one of my elders. I'm like, hey, elder, you got to help me right now. What's going on? And he said, it's the weapons of warfare. He said, because the enemy can't take from you what God has not released him to take from. He said, you just asked Job. It was the same thing. He said, have you considered my servant Job? And if I was Job, I would have been like, dude, what's up with that? I've been faithful in all of these. I've done everything that you asked me to. I reach out to everybody that I connect to, but you're letting me walk through. And the Lord said, have you considered my servant Job? I'd have been like, hey, Lord, couldn't you consider someone who's not your servant? I'm over here just trying to do the right thing, but here you go. Thanks a lot. Now, I ain't talking to nobody in here. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. Thanks a lot. And the enemy, here he is face to face with God. And the Lord said, okay, you can touch him, but you cannot take him. There's something about the Lord that sometimes God chooses to allow us to go through trial. Because most of the trial that we face is, in fact, not with people, but in our own mind. And I begin to pray to the Lord. I said, God, what, what's, what's, what's going on? He said, this is an attack of your spirit. I said, it doesn't feel like an attack of my spirit. It feels like an attack on my body. And the Lord said this. He said, no, what happens is this. There's an attack on your spirit, and the attack on your spirit becomes an attack in your brain. But there's something about the spirit of fear when it begins to come upon us that the attack in your brain now begins to become an attack that you view as encapsulating you. He said, here's what's happening. He said, it is an attack on your spirit that is having a fleshly manifestation. I said, I, I don't get it. Pastor talked about it last Wednesday. We are spiritual beings. Amen. We are spiritual beings living in a worldly experience. Here we are. We're in the flesh. We're having to go about our day, but we don't understand. And the Lord began to tell it to me like this. He said, there's a lot of things that people are facing simply because of the attack on their mind. It's psychological warfare. When the devil begins to come against your brain to tell you everything that is not right, so you forget what is right. Everything that is going to go wrong. Not things that have happened, but things that he threatens you with. And here's the deal about the enemy. It's not even the devil believes what he's telling you. The devil doesn't even believe what he's brought against you. Let me tell it to you like this. Exodus chapter uh, 1, and it reads this. And Joseph died, and all of his brethren, and all of that generation. 
And it's interesting to me that as elders begin to die, that then the enemy begins to step in. Because where the devil does not want you, it's connected to your covering. That's why the enemy does not attack you when you're in the house of God. That's why the enemy isn't attacking you right now. The enemy doesn't want anything to do with what you're doing because you are close to the glory of God. So the enemy waits until you get alone. You get by yourself. There's nobody else around. Have you ever noticed that temptation does not come while you're sitting in a Sunday service? Have you ever noticed that? Right now, anybody can say, well, bless God, I'm going to be different. I'm gonna. The problem isn't Sunday. The problem is Monday. The problem is not Wednesday night at Bible study. It's Thursday night when you're by yourself. That's the way that the enemy begins to work. And the word said this, and the children of Israel were fruitful. They increased abundantly. They multiplied. They waxed exceedingly. And the land was filled with them. The Lord began to say this, that they had, they had dominion over the land. And then the word said, now there arose a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. So here's the thing about it. There's a new king in an old territory that does not know your elder, but be not dismayed. While people might say they don't know your elder, they might not know your covering. They know your Lord. Because the problem was not the problem was not Pharaoh, it was the enemy of the Lord. The problem was not Pharaoh, it was what Pharaoh had given himself to. That's why the problem is not the person that comes against you. All you're seeing is the fruition of a deeper problem. But the problem is the deeper problem. It's what's causing somebody to do what they're doing. And he said that he knew not Joseph. And he said unto his people this, the people of the children of Israel are greater than we are. This is Pharaoh. If you would do any kind of study whatsoever, you would know that Egypt was the superpower of the earth. And he's looking at people that are enslaved. And he said, hey, guys, y'all need to see these people that were doing this too. He said, hey, look, they're greater than we are. They've got more power. They've got more anointing. He said, so let's tie the cord about them. Not because of where they are, but because of the potential of where they have to go. Pause. The devil does not attack what he does not fear. If you're coming under the attack of the enemy, it's because he's afraid of the potential of your future. The the enemy is not afraid of somebody who is okay with where they are, but rather he is afraid of a church that understands where they are going. Listen, if you live your life complacent, congratulations. You'll never fight any fight. The devil's not worried about you. He's okay with where you are. But when the church decides to say, hey, we're not staying here. We're taking new territory. We're not staying in the place that we are. We're going to new dimensions. I wish that somebody in this room that is going through the fight of your life would hear what I'm saying right now. The problem is not the person that's coming against you. It's the enemy trying to distract you with a problem that makes no difference in your future. No attack of the enemy combined the fulfillment of the promise that God has given you. Here's the problem. God transitions you to a greater dimension, but you're still fighting the you're still fighting the problem out of the dimension that God brought you from. And you're saying, can you be- I can't believe how so-and-so talked about me three months ago. If you're in a new dimension, what do you care about that? If God moved you to a new neighborhood, why are you still talking about your old neighbor? 
Here's the thing about it. The enemy can't follow you where God is taking you to. New levels, new devils. Bigger levels, bigger devil. You understand that? Because the enemy is afraid of what God has in store for your future. But here's what he said. They're mightier than we are. Because you have destiny on you. You have destiny on you. You've got potential in you. You've got a promise upon you. And here's what he said. Come on. Let us deal wisely with them so they don't multiply. And it will come to pass that when we fall out in any kind of a fight that they won't come against us because we're going to oppress them to the point that they know that we're bigger than they are. And then he said, therefore, they did set over them taskmasters to afflict them with their burdens. They begin to build cities. But here was the thing about it. This is the interesting thing. Pharaoh was doing everything that he could do to try to oppress the people of the Lord. How many people in here the last year or two, you've been going through some fights. I know my family has. Some of us have gone through the greatest fights that we've ever been in in our life. And here's the interesting thing about it. How many people God brought you through your fight? Amen. God brought you over it. He brought you through it. He delivered you out of the hand of your enemy. But the question is this. Why are we still talking about the fight then? You see, if you're still talking about it, it's because you're still attached to it. You don't talk about things that you're over. Someone said, I'm over it, clearly. Clearly you're over it. That's why it's still all up in your conversation. You can't have a conversation without talking about it. Mom and I, we were talking the other night. She said, it's interesting because some people go right back. When they talk about their past, there's 20, there's 30 years that they've been on this earth. And there was three years that they went through hell. They never go back to the other 27 years. They go back to the three years that they were hurt because they never moved on from the point that they were hurt. That's the truth about it. The enemy wants you to live on a treadmill where you're running for everything that you've got, but you're never gaining any ground because you're still in the same place today that you were. Am I talking to anybody in the house today? I know it's a little quiet in here, but can you can you can 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 you talk to me right now? Are we good? Are we good? That's the thing about it is that we keep going back to the same spot over and over and over because we keep reliving the hurt over and over and over. Anybody know what I'm talking about today? But here's what the word said. It said, but the more that, the, but the more that Egypt afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. The more that they came against them, the greater that they became. When you begin to look, what does that mean? The adversity made you better. That the trial prepared you for victory. That the affliction grew you. That the problem gave you promise. That's what the word began to say. When you begin to look up the word grew in Hebrew, uh, here's what it means. It means to breach. It means to breaketh. It means to increase. It means to break forth. When you begin to understand what the Lord was trying to tell us, you could read it like this. But the more they afflicted them, the closer to your destiny it pushed you. The more that the enemy came against you, the further into new territory you broke forth. The more that people begin to talk about you. The more that your potential increased. Hey, somebody, I'm coming to tell you right now, you don't need to be angry at it. You need to be thankful for it. Oh, somebody ought to praise the Lord right now. 
Your residence conditioned you for your breakthrough. Uh, somebody needs to break through in your mind right now. If the Son of Man, therefore, shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of love and of a sound mind. There is deliverance in your brain. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewal of your mind. I said it's a mind game. It is a mind game. Someone needs to shout it until you believe it. It's a mind game. It's a game that's going on in your head because if the enemy could have taken you out, he would have done it already. The enemy can't touch you. The only thing he can do is begin to afflict your mind. I've heard some people say, well, so-and-so, they're just not right in the head. Let me talk to you about not being right in the head. Not being right in the head is when God has promised you that he would bring you forth, but you still can't get over it. That's why the apostle said, I count it joy that he would let me know him in the fellowship of his suffering." You know what it means to know him in the fellowship of his suffering? It begins when you begin to pray, God, I want to be more like, does anybody want to be more like Christ? God, I want to be more like you. God, I want to walk in new dimensions. God, I want to walk in, am I helping anybody in the house today? God, I want to know you more than I've ever known you. Then the Lord said it like this, you cannot reach your full potential without knowing the fellowship of my suffering. Because suffering will bring you joy. Well, how does suffering bring me joy? I'm not happy about everything that I went through. No, I'm not happy about what I went through. But I'm thankful because of what I went through. There was an increase in the kingdom. For you overcome by the blood of the Lamb in the word of your testimony. You overcome by the blood of the Lamb in the word of the testimony. That's a prophetic promise for you that one day the test will be a testimony and if the test is a testimony then that means that God is promising you that he will bring you out of what you're going through he will bring you through the trial he will bring you over the mountain he will lift up a standard against the enemy so somebody needs to encourage themselves in the Lord today that weeping may endure for the night but joy is coming joy is coming let me tell you what it looks like when a church begins to get joy. You can't talk about the Lord without praising him. You can't go anywhere you are without having to tell somebody about the goodness of the Lord. Out of your belly will flow a river of living water. Let me tell you something about joy. God has not given you the spirit of fear. He's given you the spirit of joy. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. So someone said, I don't understand why you crazy Pentecostals, we come in the house of God and you praise like you've done lost your mind. That's because I have lost my mind. I've lost the attack on my mind. I've lost the anxiety on my mind. I've lost the spirit of fear on my mind. But I let go of the spirit of heaviness. I put on the garment of praise. Somebody needs to hear me right now. You could praise your way into new territory. You can praise your way into new promise. You can praise your way out of old. Hey, somebody, God has not walked out, stepped out, or forgotten, but God is conditioning you for the greatest breakthrough of your life. Oh, somebody praise the Lord right now. 
Somebody praise the Lord right now. It's the perfect will of God for your mind to be renewed. Because when God renews your mind, I don't talk like I used to talk because he made the difference. I don't talk like I used to talk. Why don't you walk like it? Because the Lord changed my mind. Why don't you talk like it? Because the Lord changed my mind. Let me tell you something, church. I'm not worried about the effects. I'm not worried about what the wind causes. The wind caused the waves to begin to rock the boat. The problem wasn't the wave. The problem was the wind that was causing the wave. We got to quit preaching about that God can heal the effects of problems that are happening because of a deeper root issue. Anybody can shout because God, well, my God, I've been dealing with the spirit of fear, but God's going to let the spirit of fear off of me and bless the Lord. Was it really just the spirit of fear or is there an opening somewhere that's causing you to go through things? We can rejoice when God heals somebody's body, but what about dealing with the spirit of infirmity that caused them to be sick in the first place? Let me help you right now. I'm going to tell you what God is about to do in this church in 2022. He's about to expose the root causes of problems that have caused us to be like the children of Israel. We go up on the mountain and we have a few days. My God, church is good. People are praising. People are shouting. Brother Dylan singing and pastors preaching good. Then all of a sudden, back down. Then we're like, oh, man, I can't overcome it, man. I can't deal with it, man. I can't. Then all of a sudden, man, here we are, and we're back in a spirit. We're back in a season, and we're fasting, and we're praying. That's why the word said some types come not out but by much prayer and fasting. You want to know the type that doesn't come out but by much prayer and fasting? It's the affliction of your mind. Let me tell you what God is doing in a fasting season. God is releasing you from the trial of your flesh that has held you captive. Pastor talked about it the other day. There's some people that get so bound up because of a flesh problem that they can't see the spiritual problem. Your flesh is always going to be there. You're never going to get rid of all of it. You're always going to deal with a little bit of attitude, but then God has you read, and you're always going to deal with a little bit of addiction, and someone's trying to pull you back, and people are talking about you, and there's something inside of you that's trying to pull you back, and you don't know why you can't get, because that's always going to be there. But I asked God, I said, Lord, why do you have us fight the flesh so much? That people get so hung up on it that they cannot see that if I would just begin to conquer it and let it be. Here's what somebody needs to hear right now. Sometimes you just got to let it be what it is. You're not going to fix everybody. You're not. You're not going to fix everybody. You can do everything you want to, but there's sometimes that your son just going to have to learn on his own. There's sometimes that your daughter just might not listen to you. But we can't get so bound up because of the things that are going wrong that we neglect the thing that is going right. <laughs> and there's something that's right about the church. Can I get a witness in the house? There's some good things going on in the church. There's some positive things that are happening in our life. But the Lord began to say this. He said, the enemy begins to distract you. With what's going on in the flesh, so you begin to neglect the spirit. He said, but I gave you your flesh. Okay, Lord. He said, I gave you your flesh. Because what you are viewing as a hindrance is not hindering you. It is propelling you. I said, Lord, I don't understand. How can the flesh propel? He said, because if you did not think that you needed me, then why would you pursue me? Here's the thing about the Lord. The Lord will even use the devil to accomplish the work that he wants to accomplish. 
Don't mix it up. The devil has no kingdom. The devil only has a dungeon. The devil's only the prince of the power of the air. How do you? That doesn't mean anything. Princes don't inherit power until kings are taken out. It's the truth. Princes only inherit power when kings are taken. You said, well, I don't understand the kingdom of hell. The king, Hell's not a kingdom. Hell's a dungeon. Because the devil is bound to what he threatens you with. <laughs> the devil is bound to what he threatens you with. The Lord said, I've, I gave you the flesh. So you would have a reset and understand this. That in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. That every good thing that is within me only comes from the Lord. That's why the word said that the whole need not a physician. God's not looking for someone that thinks, well, bless God, I'm made whole. I got everything I need and everything that God's going to do is because of all of the talents and abilities and the giftings that he gave. God can't use somebody like that. You know who God uses? God uses the broken person that walks to the pulpit with trembling hands to say, I don't deserve this. God uses the singer that begins to grab the microphone to begins to lead people in praise that said, I don't have the ability to do what you have set before me, Lord. God begins to use the saint that says, God, I don't know how I can reach them because of the place that I came from. And God said, that's how you'll do it. You'll do it because you know you don't deserve it. Uh, you'll do it because you know you don't have it. Uh, you'll do it because you know you're still fighting. Uh, you'll do it because you know that there's nothing good about you. But every good thing uh, comes from the Lord. Uh, he said, that's why I could take David, uh, who had affairs, who had children out of wedlock, uh, who killed men. And I could say, David was a man after my own heart. <laughs> Isn't it interesting how God can restore people that me and you can't? Isn't it interesting how God can choose to use people that me and you would only ignore because of the guilt of their past, because of the shame of their yesterday, and we can't get past the way they look and the way they talk and what they wear to church and how their haircut is and some of the terms. That, and we begin, we can't even restore people that God has restored because we get so hung up on it. We get so tied to it. We get so bound by it. We can't let go of it. But here's the thing about it, ladies and gentlemen. God never intended for you to get it all right. My God, I'm about to help somebody right now. God never intended for you to get everything right. Brother Sean, me and you ain't perfect, bro. Me and you ain't perfect. Scott, me and you still deal with some things. Maybe on the basketball court when our attitudes get the best of us. Hey, bro, me and you, we still fight a few things, don't we? Me and you, there's sometimes that the devil keeps trying to bring us back to it. That's all right. Hey, Brother Phil, there's sometimes that we don't get everything right. Isn't that true? Unless you ask Brother Phil, he might say he gets it all right. I know that I don't. There's sometimes that we don't get everything right. But what you're not getting right should not keep you out of the promise that God has for you. All of the little fights, it's just little things. You're talking about battles that you're losing. You might be losing a battle, but the church is winning the war. 
You might be losing little bitty scraps. You're worried about backyard alley fights. The Lord's not worried about that. He's saying, I need you to get the mind off the little scraps that you're having with people and understand this, that the weapons of your warfare are mighty through Christ to the pulling down of strongholds. I wish somebody right now would begin to praise the Lord for a promise that God is about to bring you. Somebody needs to lift up your eyes out of the thing that you're going through. I will lift up my eyes unto the hills from which cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. He won't suffer me to be moved. Behold, he shall keep me. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is my shade. The sun shall not smite me by day. The Lord shall preserve thy going in and thy coming out. Somebody needs to begin to shout it out of your mouth. I'm looking up. I'm getting my eyes off of the things which are temporal. I'm seeing the things which are eternal. And the Lord said it like this. He said five of you. He said one of you shall chase a thousand. Two of you shall chase ten thousand. He said I need you to begin to get your eyes off of the people that you're surrounded by. That's been causing there to be division. For while men yet slept, the enemy sowed tears into the harvest field. Let me tell you what God is about to do. God is about to release your mind. He's about to baptize you with the Holy Ghost confidence. He's about to connect you with people that you gave up on. Why? Because there's a promise of your harvest. Here's what I want to tell you. The Lord said, and I will pray, Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that the comforter may abide with you forever. But the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, for at the mention of the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue will confess, the knee of your enemy will bow, the tongue of your accuser will get The people that came against you, they won't be able to say anything at all because the Lord is my strength, the Lord is my light. Whom shall I be afraid? Whom shall I fear? When the enemy came in like a flood, the Lord will lift up a standard against him. If God be for us, who can be against us? Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord. For the name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous run into it, and they are safe, and they are safe. For my strength, your strength is made perfect in my weakness. Your strength is made perfect in my weakness. There's a Deuteronomy 1 promise in this building. Behold, I have set the land before you. Go in and possess the land which the Lord swore unto your fathers. And give to your seed after you. For God has multiplied you. God has multiplied you in the breaking. God has multiplied you in the loss. God multiplied you in the fight. For the more they came against them, the more they grew. The more they multiplied. Let me tell you something, child of God. The devil has no control over the promise that God is bringing to you. Somebody needs to let go. Somebody needs to, when I let go, I let God. Somebody needs to get it out of your mouth. Somebody needs to get it out of your mind. Stand to your feet and lift your hands. It's nothing but a cord. It's nothing but a cord. It's nothing but a little chain. It's nothing but a little addiction that God's able to take care of. 
it's nothing. God hasn't given you the spirit of fear. God hasn't given you the spirit of worry. God's not the author of confusion, but he's the prince of peace. He gives you a peace that passes all understanding. Why do I have peace? Because I'm resting in the word. I'm resting in the promises of the word that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. No weapon formed against my family. No weapon formed against my marriage. The fight's not with your neighbor. The fight is in your mind. I want you to grab the hand of your neighbor and let's come to the altar together. Come on, would you hurry from the front to the back and the left to the right? Uh, we're going to come down together this morning uh, as a sign of unity. Come on, we're about to pray a prayer of faith. Uh, and the Lord's about to have something be released in your mind right now. Uh, you're going to let go of the worry. Uh, come on, you're going to let go of the hurt. Uh, you're going to let go of the problem of yesterday. Uh, come on, there's a promise before you. Uh, what's greater, uh, there, what is ahead of you is greater than what is behind you. Uh, what God is bringing you is greater than what God allowed to be taken from you. Come on, every hand lifted high to heaven. Maybe you got the hand of your neighbor. I want you to lift up your neighbor's hand right now. Come on, we're about to pray a prayer of faith. Uh, maybe you don't know what to do. Just lift up your hands. Uh, that's just the sign of surrender. Uh, we're going to begin to pray. Uh, and as we begin to pray, I want you to begin to cast off uh, every attack of your mind. Come on, what the enemy has brought against you. Uh, he takes what the enemy meant for evil. Uh, and God begins to turn it in your favor. Uh, come on, child of God. Uh, why don't you lift up your voice? Maybe you want to lay your hand on your neighbor right now. God, by the authority of your word, Father, by the power of the name of the Lord Jesus, God, we cast down all... Cast down every hot thing. God, we cast down the imaginations, God, which have been built before us. God, we release hurt. God, we give you the hurt. God, we give you the trial. God, we give you the addiction. God, we give you the fear. God, we give you the anxiety. God, because you're able, you know no challenger. You have never been defeated. Let the power of the Holy Ghost be begin to fall. Let it fall on every believer, on every family. Be healed and be made whole. Let the renewal of your mind begin to set you free. God has set you free. He whom the Son has set free. Come on, somebody. You need to act like you're free. You ought to praise like you're free. You need to talk like you're free. God has made you free.
one thing to hear such a phenomenal word from the Lord. And this morning, we have definitely heard from God. No doubt about it. But it's one thing to walk to the front as something that we just, it's just what we do. Preacher asked us, walk to the front and every hand be lifted. And we all lifted our hand. And it seems like that in the crowd sometimes that we can lose the power of what God has just spoken to us as individuals. I am one that can stand here and testify to you that the attack on the mind is real. I'm one that has gone through cancer and gone through chemotherapy and every opportunity that I got that I felt like being in the house of the Lord, I told you what I was going to do. I was going to come to church and I was going to sit on the front row where I always sit and I was going to worship with everything that I had. And you guys saw that, but what you didn't see was when I was at home and I was alone and I was wondering what the outcome was going to be. And I can tell you that the enemy took advantage of that. He messed with my mind in a big way. Not even my personality. My personality is everything is great and everything is good and let's just have a party. But during that time, God, God was working a new thing in my life, but the enemy was messing with my mind telling me this is going to take you out and this is the end and you're never going to accomplish anything else and you're never going to speak again and you're never going to operate. Come on, somebody. Has anyone ever been there? Where the enemy has talked to you over and over and over again. If that's you, would you be brave enough just to lift your hands and say the enemy has been messing with my mind. Keep that hand up. I want you to look around you. You talk about a cloud of witness, and you think you're the only one that goes through it? Look around you. That's what the enemy does to us. But today, we're going to turn that completely over to the Lord. It is finished. It is done. I want you to take that hand that you just lifted. We're not going to worry about the person standing next to us, but you take that hand if that is you, and I want you to go ahead and place it on your own head. And right now, I want you to pray, God, you've got to give me strength. You've got to give me clarity. You've got to give me peace. You've got to give me a sound mind. Our pastor's getting ready to come to pray right now, but the Lord is going to give us peace and a sound mind and clarity, and that battle is going to be done today in the name of Jesus. Right now, by the authority of the Word of God and by the power that is in the name of Jesus, I pray every power and principality that has come against the minds of God's people. I pray right now that that stronghold be broken and that stronghold come down right now in the name of Jesus. For we have been given, Lord, that spirit of love and of a sound mind. But I break the yoke of fear and of bondage and of addiction and of unbelief right now in the name of Jesus. For we, the people of God, are connected 
condition for a destiny that is bright and filled with hope and faith right now in the name of Jesus. Let everybody in this room rejoice for God has given us the victory. Come on, lift your voice and rejoice in the Lord right now.